This week, on a newly named Two Dynamite Dudes on a Rampage, my degenerate brother Marcus and I discuss my experience at Dynamite Rampage in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which includes Britt Baker's warm welcome home, Christian Cage becoming the new Impact World Champion and defeating Kenny Omega, MJF falling to his own demise in the fourth labor of Jericho, the build for All Out and First Dance upcoming, what's it mean for Punk, what's it mean for Brian Danielson, what else could that mean? Plus, Dante Mar Martin being major over in the Steel City. Paul White getting physical against QT Marshall. Sting is going to wrestle once again on TNT. Fuego Del Sol is all elite. So is Jamie Hayter. And there's much, much more, including a big discussion on why a cruiserweight division would be something to do in AEW. And doing it Terry Funk style. What does that mean? Oh, find out this week on 2 2 who 2 dynamite dudes on a rampage baby Degenerate brother Marcus, not of WrestleZone.com, for the first episode, kind of. This is episode number 62 of us, but this is the first episode called Two Dynamite Dudes on a Rampage. On a Rampage, Marcus. Yeah. Uh, rampage. I'm, I feel like I'm rampaging right now, Dominic. Yes. Can you see it? Do you see it? I, in see, my it eyes? I see it in your eyes. Nesha, what's up? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, we are live. Nesha, good to see you. And uh, yeah, so join on in on the conversation. Get I'm, in here. Get on, get on in here. I happen to be on in attendance for uh, both Rampage and Dynamite. Marcus, you are a coat and did not attend either. How do you feel about being uh, a ba backstabbing your very own brother on what should have been a one of a kind experience? Tell you, it was it was hard being on the outside looking in, but you know, on the plus side, Dominic, I didn't have to hang out with you, so I gotta say uh, things went pretty well. Well, you know what? You avoid sitting under the learning tree that is me, then uh, that's your own book. That's your own problem. That's your Yikes. Uh huh. That's Yikes. Right. That's what I have to say about that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, both episodes, I mean, holy smokes. Pittsburgh usually gets kind of like the, the flack for maybe kind of being almost a flat crowd a lot of the times. But the, the Peterson Event Center was rocking both nights. Um, Marcus, uh, I guess let's start it off this way, since now we're covering two shows, both Dynamite and Rampage, obviously. Um, what show really got you going this week or so? Uh, well, I got to say, as far as like the quick hitting kind of like in your face action, I mean, Rampage, you know, that jam packing an hour with uh, that kind of action is like, man, it's, it's hard not to, to get up for something like that. And let me tell you. Uh, tremendous match there to, to open Rampage up. I don't know where you want to start. You're, you've got the host, Dom. You tell me. Who? Uh, let's see. I mean, I guess we'll start off with uh, the hometown favorite here in Britt Baker. Um, 
she got quite the reaction on Wednesday night. She cut a very good promo. And I, I then obviously on Rampage, you know, she won in the main event, retained her title against Red Velvet, uh, clean finish. And they positioned her as a babyface while she kept the heel mentality. So, uh, Marcus, what did you overall think of how Pittsburgh handled Britt Baker and then how Britt Baker handled the, both moments, both on Wednesday and on Friday? Let me address uh, Nesha real quick. She asked why I skipped out on the shows. My wife had surgery. Uh, she, it wound up getting rescheduled to Friday. It was supposed to be on like Tuesday or something. Got rescheduled to Friday. So next thing you know, I'm on I'm on daddy duty. Daddy duty. The solo man, Mr. Danny. That's that's right. Mr. Mom. Uh, oh, yes. was, that, was that a Hogan movie? I don't know. Well, Mr. Nanny was uh, Hogan. And then Mr. Mom was Michael Keaton. That's pretty oh, that's great. That's right. Very good, Dom. Uh, but look, uh, you know, when I when I saw that uh, get well soon, thanks, Nesha. It was just a, a sinus surgery. She's fine. Uh, a little bit, a little bit uncomfortable, maybe. But uh, so when I first tuned in and I saw like, you know, all the terrible towels for Brit. Dom, did you buy one of those? No, they see. I think they were handing them out or something. I never. Oh, got probably so probably only gave out to like floor seat people. Maybe that's it. Yeah, lower level or something. But I don't know how they would go about doing that. Even if they like, you know, when they entered the building or something. I don't know. We might be under the seats or something. I remember uh, you and I went to one that was like kind of sponsored by Rick and Morty, uh, like in 2019. If you remember that, and they I gave know. out AEW Rick and Morty masks to people in those sections. Oh, okay. So that was probably it. Then maybe you're right. That might be it. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, seeing the, the towels and seeing the reaction, I was like, she's getting a reaction like Hangman Page has been getting, you know, like this monster baby face reaction. And I was like, man, this is crazy. They're turning her back baby face, I guess. Like they have to, the crowd is turning her. Oh, you, you think know? you thought they were going to go all out, all out on being a baby face, like even more so. Yeah. I was like, I was like, all right, the crowd is turning her. She's a, she's a baby face. There's no doubt, doubt about it. And then she's just like evil at the end of the match. And I was like, well, all right, never mind. <laughs> well, you know what? Forget that. <laughs> but, um, okay. So I guess start with the promo. Like, uh, she was just pretty like matter of fact about things. Um, and I liked the, aspect that she tied it in that she was like the lone champion of pittsburgh so she kind of healed in a way on the city just a little bit but a little uh, yes but also uh you know people embraced it like oh yeah she is the one that's she's literally the one that's helping us out because the penguins got knocked out of the playoffs pirates suck and the steelers uh they were they just shit the bed at the end of the last year so yeah, I think you know she's one of those people. You're you're just not gonna you're not gonna turn her in in Pittsburgh. Turn her heel. I mean, uh, just can't do it. You know, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh loves her. Happy with her. And uh, so yeah, I mean, she could probably come out and say the Steelers suck and say all that horrible stuff. And I bet she'd still get cheered. Oh yeah, I it was. I thought it was. Uh, she made the most of the moment, and then on Rampage, I think they furthered that too. With they, she got Pyro. She got the whole. The whole shebang happening, you know. And um, what'd you think of the match and as a main event and every how it all capped off the show basically of the first episode of Rampage? Hey, Dominic Nick Fund, real quick, is asking: Will Mark Henry fight in AEW? Yes, yes. I, I believe he will. I think he's actually gone out and, and said that he wants his final match to be in AEW. So I'm hoping so. Yes, I'm sure that's going to happen. I mean, we'll talk about this in a little bit too. Paul White uh, got a little bit of a tease one as well. So, anyways, what was your question? Uh, how'd you think of the main event? Did it, uh, kind of add to the elevation of, of a rampage, the premiere episode and uh close on out? Uh, what'd you think of all that? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a good main event. I thought it was the right choice, you know, certainly given the fact that we were in Pittsburgh and it's Britt Baker. Um, so, yeah, it, I thought it was a good main event, good wrestling match. Uh, but, I mean, the the stealer of the show, unquestionably, Kenny Omega and, and Christian, holy smokes, that was something else. That was something else. We'll get to that in a second, Marcus. Gee, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm excited about it. Jumping on, leaping on over here. I'm excited. You know what? Uh, yeah, but I wanted to talk, too, about um, just the ending angle of that, too. Uh Looks like we're getting Chris Statlander versus Britt Baker at some point here, more so. And then on not only that, but uh, Jamie Hayter returned to AEW and is officially now with All Elite Wrestling. Um, Marcus, did you know who Jamie Hayter was at this point? Because I kind of... I kind of lost track of her since that all happened. So I remember actually Dominic at that same show where the Rick and Morty masks were given out. She was there uh, and she, she wrestled. I can't remember who she wrestled. I know she, uh, she did the honors for somebody. Um, but I remember her sticking out while I was watching. I was like, that girl's really talented. I was like, she's got a great look. Um, she, her look was a little bit different back then. Um, yeah. She was like, uh, she really like trimmed down uh, recently. But uh, she, I thought she still looked like a million bucks back then. I was like, man, there's money in that girl. I was like, she's awesome. And actually, Casey liked her, too. Our, our friend Casey, who went to the show with me, he was like, man, that girl's awesome. I was like, yeah, she is. He was there um, on Friday, too, Casey. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I like Jamie Hayter. Uh, I was actually a little bit bummed out that I didn't see much more of her after that. And now, lo and behold, here she is in uh, the strongest women's division in wrestling. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, did you see those pictures of her recently? She is jacked, man. She's yeah. Oh man, she she went out and got herself in the best shape of her life. Looks like a million bucks. You can't not sign somebody like that to a contract because she's got great ring skills. She I thought she always had a great look, but now her look is like even more streamlined. So man, they're doing all right. Kevin Davis, we are doing well, keeping safe from the coronavirus. I hope everybody else is. Okay. Wear your mask if you're not vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just take care of each other, guys. Um, but yeah, thanks for checking in on that, Kevin. Um, yeah. But um, in any case, uh, go ahead, Doug. Oh, no. Uh, and from the perspective of Vel uh, Red Velvet, how do you think she played? She, I mean, she was obviously in the angle of the heel that night. And um, I thought she uh, made the most of some of those moments, too, and just kind of added to her resume. So you look at, like, how she how she got her big kind of start with tagging with Cody against Shaq and uh, Jade Cargill. And now this was another moment for her to shine. And so, uh, yeah, overall, what'd you think of Red Velvet in this role as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, every time that she is put on the stage or put on national TV, she excels at a high level, you know. So I thought she looked like a million bucks, uh, worked her butt off. And, yeah, I, you know, bright, free, bright future for her. I think that she's awesome. I think she's got great ring skills. And, again, you know, they're really bolstering this women's division. You know, at the end of the match, we've got Chris Statlander coming out, who had a huge win also on, uh, on Dynamite. Yep. And uh, against Nyla Rose, beat her clean uh, very quickly. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, this women's division, Dominic, it's starting to look really, really stacked. Right, right. And they're putting – the thing is they're putting a lot of their – the energy and heat behind them because yeah, look at, you know, uh, how, uh, mishandled and stuff. The women's division is in WWE right now. Um, AEW is doing the opposite by like in so many levels by not only, okay. Yeah. They're main event in the women and they're also positioning the women. Hey, if they happen to be in their hometown, guess what? We're not gonna just spit in the face or thumb them in the eye because they're in their hometown just to get heat. We're going to have them win and uh, make a big moment out of it. And therein, create creating bigger stars. 
So, um, and uh, Dominic DJ here is making a good point, saying that you know Red Velvet is a good wrestler, but he can't stand her, um, and that you know she played her role well. So I think I think she's kind of a natural heel, don't you? Oh yeah, I think she is a very good heel. You know, um, I think that could be a very uh, that would be a great thing to maybe turn her. You know, she is with the Nightmare Family now. Um, that was like I think announced like last week or something. But I think she would be really great in the role of like you know somebody to go against like a Thunder Rosa, like we talk about her, um, like a, yeah, Chris Statlander even or um, uh, Anna Jay when she returns. Ty Conte, like that. Ty Conte and Red Velvet would be a good feud, I think too. So um, just a lot of different options that you. A lot of combinations, and like, don't sleep on Jamie Hader, guys. You didn't get to see much of her there, and I know that some of you are unfamiliar with her. But go back and watch her stuff, man. Uh, she's good. She's very good. Um, she makes a really good heel as well. She was playing the heel role that night while we were there. She may have done the honors for Britt Baker, actually, if I remember right. You could be right. I almost kind of, I almost wanted to say that she fought like B Priestley, but I don't know if that's even accurate or not. No, no, I don't think it was B Priestley. Okay. But in in any case, uh, yeah, don't sleep on that girl. Don't sleep on any of these girls. I mean, this this women's division is strong. So yeah. it really really sexy. What's going on, Jason Michael Campbell? What's up, man? Thanks for joining us, um, Dominic. Do you want to address uh, this that uh, Steven said here a little bit ago? Um, I know I don't know if you're ready to talk about Christian and Omega yet, but uh, Omega is defending his title against Andrade tonight, the yes. AAA title. Well, yeah, let's get to that one in a second. Uh, let's start off, though, with uh, just what you wanted to talk about really bad and what I do also want to talk about really bad. Christian Cage uh, defeating Kenny Omega, being one of the few to actually defeat Kenny Omega in AEW. Um Mark, you, uh, we talked about it, and uh, he, uh, he won that title. He's the Impact World Champion. Uh, overall, Marcus, uh, yeah, what do, you th- what do you think of that, how they're positioning Christian? Uh, talk about the match itself first, and then we'll go into maybe uh, what this might mean for the future uh, in, the, in the next couple weeks coming. So full disclosure, I was late to watching Dynamite and uh, just watch Rampage today. So, uh, you know, I was I was a little bit behind on things. But yesterday, Dominic got a text from me while he was at the uh, Peterson Event Center. And I was like, damn it, I'm going to miss Christian Cage winning the title. I knew he was going to win. As soon as I heard it was announced, I was like, oh, he's, so he's going to win the Impact title. There was just no way around it. They have to do something special for this first show. He can't beat Christian yet. Uh, and, and it just makes sense, doesn't it? Christian should have the Impact title. He was like Dixie Carter's favorite in TNA, right? Uh, and he he won their title before, so it's like it just it just makes the most sense for for him to come in and win that title. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I I thought it was an excellent match, Dom. Some people are saying it's Christian's best match of his career. Um, you know, I don't know. Let's not go crazy. I, I know he's had a lot of good ones. But it, it's certainly up there. I would say probably top five matches in his career. And uh, he and Kenny just complimented each other really well. Christian did not get a clean win against Kenny necessarily, uh, but it was more like turnabout is fair play. Fair play, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but uh, Dom, uh, I don't think that there is a snowball's chance in hell that he's going to be Kenny Omega again in, in Chicago. Yeah, you know, I'm still holding out that I don't know if he's going to make it to All Out, you know, as the in the main event. Because I mean, you have that match. It, that was a great match too. I yeah, I'm with you, Marcus. It was a lot of, it was really well told. Um, I like the finish. I like um, Kenny and Christian really complimented one another well, and um, they, that crowd was hot, hot to start it off. And like, you know, th- 
what a reaction. That's the kind of reaction you want from anybody that any baby face that wins the title is what you want. The Pittsburgh gave it to him, you know, was that, was that huge ass pop. And, you know, it felt big. Uh, and I thought, yeah, it was just overall well executed and uh, not a whole lot of schmas going on either with it. I mean, just a little bit of the, you know, hey, the chair got put in the ring, but damn, what a kill switch onto that chair. And I'll tell you what, Kenny didn't fuck around taking that bump either. He he let his face basically just get <laughs> smashed into the chair. Right. Um, I can't wait to talk about Kenny Omega on Dynamite too, dude. Um, Kenny Omega... Uh, honestly, just inching his way up in, in my ranks as a pro wrestler, just like slowly but surely. I mean, it's certainly top five for me right now and uh, honestly might be in the top three in active wrestlers because uh, he is top of his game right now. You know, he's fun to watch in the ring and he's fun to watch out of the ring, like on the mic and everything like that. I'll, I'll give you a little spoiler. One of the things that I wrote about Kenny Omega uh, as it pertains to his match on Dynamite is, is something that a lot of heels do, but not a lot of heels do quite as well as Kenny Kenny does. And that's I, I wrote it down as casual greatness, where it's like he's really good, and it's like he is just completely unaffected by people in the ring. Like, like for example, somebody like takes a swing at him, he just like casually like throws his arm up and like blocks it out of the way. And it's just like just imagine being against somebody who's so good but such an asshole about it that <laughs> yeah. it would just be so annoying. And I'm like, he is a great heel, just top of his game right now. Well, there's an aspect too in that uh, main event match, uh, not main event, but the opening match there where. He uh, has Christian in like the Snapdragon, and right before he does it, he's like, "Bye bye!" Like doing that shit. <laughs> yes, like, where it's like it's everything is easy for him, and because he, he's just so damn good at it, yeah, and it's uh-huh. just like, damn, like damn it, he's so hateable. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, just just top of his game right now. Um, Kenny Omega is feeling himself better than he has in his entire career, and I haven't seen a lot of his stuff from New Japan, but I'd be willing to bet that it's not as good as what he's doing right now. I think, uh, and you know, to the point about Christian, this being one of his best matches, I would agree with that. Like, I would agree that just the the amount, uh, the, how that crowd reacted, they made him position him in that uh, role. I think uh, you you consider all that and that just the, what happened in the ring too. I thought it was such a. It is one of his top matches. I remember watching a match from like over twelve years ago maybe 11 years ago on smackdown a match between him and kofi kingston i thought that was such a great match of his too if you guys can find that it was a so yeah just a, a smackdown match i don't even know what day of the week it was at that time but check that one out so um, so i'm sorry to interrupt you his his rematch with kenny uh is it all out yes scheduled for out. the uh, okay what makes you think he's not going to make it there i just don't think so my my reasoning is this is that um they had that match just right now rampage um i don't think they're gonna roll that back around to have again so quickly um i think something's gonna happen i just do um i don't know i I think i think they're gonna have the match and i think that steven here has made a good point says what's up guys do you guys see both AEW and impact titles on the line at all out so if christian drops or rather uh does the honors for kenny at all out which if they have a match i suspect he will um then does uh, does Kenny get the Impact title back? No, I don't think so. I think it'll just be strictly for the AEW World Championship. I think that's how they promoted it. Because I mean, like Marcus, why wouldn't that? Why wouldn't it have been the same uh, on Friday here yesterday? I mean, easy thing to do following that is rubber match for both titles, right? Could be, but then you just hit the reset button, and everything just kind of doesn't make. 
I, I'm I'm saying put Kenny over it all out, and then let's blow it blow off the entire thing with a stipulation match. Just uh, I think it's unnecessary to flip flip the titles around like that if you're going to do that. You know? I don't know, dude. I I liked what I saw last night. I and, did too. I did too. And, and I know, I would like to see more of it. I could all yeah, and you know what? I could also see that you know they stick with it because that was a hot match was last night. So I mean, like, and you build off that reaction and like. You already you have something in like the structure in place for these two already having a rivalry because Christian has Kenny's number. He's he just beat him, and you know uh, even that promo afterwards with him and uh, Jurassic Express at his side and stuff. I thought it was really good stuff too, where he said that, you know what he how he's you know called out Kenny and like said like listen I'm in your head, I got you now. Why kind of why are why is he with Jurassic Express? Just doesn't make any sense. To just because him and Jungle Boy are friends, like. That's what makes sense about it. Like he's kind of mentored Jungle Boy in a lot of ways. Oh, I really yeah. hope. Now, I don't know. I would. I want to see. But we both want to see Luchasaurus turn heel. <laughs> I would like to see him fuck Christian over. You know, he should be the one to maybe fuck Christian over into getting that title. I don't know. I. I think. Uh, I think that would be pretty cool. And then you just boom. You have. There you go. Like you. You have a new heel. A new bigger heel. Like that elevates Luchasaurus to like this. Hey, okay, this guy's like a monster now, and you gotta watch out for him. And then Abaddon comes up behind him and bites him on the neck. <laughs> bites and him like, on the neck. Infects bites. him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of losing steam on that one. Yeah, I was. I was. I was gonna start joking, but I was like, I don't have the motivation for this right now. <laughs> um, in any case, DJ thinks that CM Punk is going to come out and help Christian take the uh, AEW belt off of Kenny. It's, you know, I don't know. I've struck out quite a bit. I've been striking out on my predictions a lot. So, uh, might not be the best person to kind of make these predictions. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I could see that happening. It's, uh, you know, would you have another Schmoz finish here? Oh, and not that this was a Schmoz finish, but I mean, like, would you have Kenny like? Would you have somebody straight up win uh, at All Out with Christian? Yeah, I mean, you know what I would prefer to see would be Kenny Omega coming out against Christian. They have another barn burner match. Kenny defeats him. Kenny gets on the mic afterwards and starts talking about how he's the best in the history of the business. Or Don Callis is out there, you know, fanning him or whatever the hell they they do. And then you know, call the personality kicks on. Um, that's probably the best way to do it. It's going to be the best way to get a big pop. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to predict it at this point. Um, but you know, I will predict that the match is going to happen between Kenny and Christian at all out. And I will predict, of course, that, that Kenny's going to beat him. Hey, if you do, I gotta give you something 10 bucks worth on eBay. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Um, <laughs> Nesha still thinks, uh, she doesn't, she's not quite sold on CM Punk coming. Uh, I think he's coming. I, I mean, you know, if you're imagine them not delivering on that, I don't. I don't think I can't fathom that. They they've picked up so much steam. They being AEW, they've picked up so much steam recently that like you know, kind of making it sound like he's gonna come and like Darby Allen teasing it and stuff, and then like having him not come. Uh, that that could be detrimental to AEW's future. Yeah, that really could. That's I I would not recommend doing that. <laughs> Hell no. So, let's lead into this, Marcus. So. I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit. What does Christian's victory uh, last night mean for CM Punk and Daniel Bryan coming up moving forward? Does it? How much? 
how much does that kind of rock the boat from what we've been talking about a little bit and uh, how you would, let's say, how would you, I, I think maybe this is more of a lean towards, okay, we are going to probably see Daniel Bryan maybe at uh, Arthur Ashe when they go to New York in like later September, maybe they're, they are going to hold off on that or, or heck, do you have another kind of thought process as to where, where that all goes? Yeah, no, I mean, it's going to be Arthur Ashe, in my opinion, for uh, for Daniel Bryan's debut, and then, of course, Chicago for CM Punk. Uh, as far as storylines are concerned for each guy, um, I think that Christian, unfortunately, right now is kind of fodder for a storyline between Kenny Omega and CM Punk. That's kind of an inevitable clash that we're looking at. Um, and, uh, yeah, Nesha, uh, Daniel Bryan, I believe, is confirmed to have signed. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Dom. I think it's been reported that he's, yeah, like uh, – Cassidy Haynes of BodySlam.net way several weeks back when those big when the big news broke about Dana Bryan, he reported that he's pretty he's locked in for a contract. Yep. Um, and as far as Daniel Bryan is concerned, um, I think and this is something I'm not crazy about, uh, but I think that what they're doing, what they're at least angling toward, is Miro has been looking absolutely unstoppable. And in my opinion, um, as I've as I've said a couple times, I'd say don't beat him for a year. Two years, uh, two years would be fine. Um, I would, I would say, don't beat him for that period of time. So it really, really means something. I suspect that Daniel Bryan is going to come out uh, at Arthur Ashe and defeat Miro. Oh, okay. That's my guess. Okay. Is that too soon? It is. I don't want to see Miro do the job yet. I don't think he should. But I think, I think that that's what they're going to do. Now. So yeah, you know what? I think um, I think all out we're gonna see Kenny retain, if it is Christian. Um, but I could also see like this is kind of what we're talking about—the Herb Abrams thing with Kenny, where shit starts unraveling for him. Like this is the beginning of the end for him, you know. And maybe uh, so. Let's let's go back and talk about what Stephen brought up before. Uh-huh. Um, Triple A rather title on the line tonight against Andrade. Yeah. Is this like his little house of cards is gonna start tumbling down? You know, I think it is. I think it is. I mean, because you're Andrade, he wants to wrestle in AAA and stuff like that. And you make it, I mean, that's the guy you've got to put over, like you want to put over as that the mega champion there. So, uh, yeah, I think he's he's going to lose it. You know, I think this is an indicator. Friday was the indicator for that. So maybe shit's going to start unraveling for Kenny. Now, and does that also mean that shit is going to start unraveling for the Young Bucks too? Could they lose their Jurassic Express next week? I don't see that one happening, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I couldn't certainly picture Andrade getting the triple A title off of Kenny, um, which I don't know. I'm really enjoying the whole Kenny is like an Ultimo dragon, like belt collector guy. Um, yeah, but uh, if that's the case, then they wouldn't have made him lose last night. Hey Dom, speaking of Miro, uh, DJ pointed out Fuego almost beat Miro last night. Uh, Fuego looks like a Portuguese man of war. What was his name? Aldo Montoya, yeah, it does it, doesn't he? Like, if, if I think that they, they need to bring in Justin Credible in his Aldo Montoya gimmick as that kid's manager, guy's manager. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about them in a second. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, I'm sorry, I I, I diverted. You uh, quit diverting. You're diverting too fucking I'm, much. I'm, so, okay? I'm sorry. I keep seeing these comments on. The I know. We'll get to they're them. getting they're getting me pumped up. We'll get to. Them. 
Um, in any case, Dominic, yeah, uh, I think I think you've got a point, and I think that Kenny's going to start dropping these belts, which I'm not crazy about. But you know, it is kind of like his Herb Abrams like cocaine crash out. Yeah, he's and, like not going to be like <laughs> he's not going to be with no pants on and fucking baby oil <laughs> like cocaine and hookers. But this is like Kenny Omega's like giant burnout. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. It's dude. He's been he's been so so entertaining, and you can say what you want about like he's not a classic wrestler and he's not. He doesn't sell. He doesn't. Um. He's he's not like it. He's not what we have known wrestling to be. But he's the best part of what wrestling has become. It's a lot of fun to watch him. I have a like, you know, uh, from a modern wrestling standpoint, I don't understand like people kind of hating on him. like. I think he's like, especially now, he's just, he's really doing a good job. And you know what? He's like, you know, he might not sell, but he's doing a good job of getting people over, you know, and like being that fucking antagonizing heel that you're just like, you know, he's funny. He's like hitting all the spots. And let's talk about that. Okay. Before we transition on that interaction between him and Christian on Wednesday was really good too. You know, um, and just Christian, like kind of laying it in and like get Christian able to get his heat. Cause like, the live crowd there wasn't aware that at that point that he, Christian was the number one contender and facing Kenny at all out. Like, so when it got revealed in the ring like that, the crowd started chanting CM Punk and then yes, yes, yes. So like Christian turned it back on its head and was like, uh, called Kenny a jag off to get that Pittsburgh pop and got him back on, you know, back on track. What a veteran move. <laughs> what a veteran move that is. And then, yeah. uh, but Kenny's reaction to that too. Uh, my buddy mentioned that that, what Kenny did was like, I hope you're meaning like, no, no, no. Like when everybody was like chanting at the end, uh, that's a Simpsons reference where like <laughs> they're chanting boo earns, boo earns, like Mr. Burns. <laughs> that was pretty close. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, he's really clever. And uh, as I've said, you know, just like really, really feeling himself and hitting his stride. And like, it, it looks like he's just having fun out there. And uh, it seems like he is. And, Dude, I so uh, let, can we just transition to the uh, the six man tag? Six man tag, yes, let's do that on dynamite. Uh, so it, I mean, Kenny Omega and Dante Martin, I think, stole the show. Dante with just like his crazy high flying. There was just one particular spot where uh, it was actually against Kenny. He flipped out of the Snapdragon and then did like this crazy like sort of backflip up above Kenny and then yeah. him. It was crazy looking. Um, so, I mean, that really stuck out. I think, you know, he's cementing himself as one of the best high flyers in pro wrestling. He would be a very good first AEW cruiserweight yeah. champion. You got to get that shit over a little Marcus, bit. Dude, I'm like with you. I'm really like, and like this, I think like Darius is, or Dante, I'm sorry, is like that guy to, to kind of build it around too, in a lot of ways, get him, you get, uh, Matt Seidel, you get, uh, who else have we been naming? Like just a. I want I want Chris Jericho in the inaugural tournament. Chris Jericho would be cool. Hooventude uh, in the inaugural tournament. Hoovy, and then you, you get like all these names, and like Marcus, this is it's what's perfect about it too, is that so look at what WWE just fucking did with NXT. They released so many people, and like, did you hear like the report about like there's like a memo that got sent out? No more midgets. No more of this bullshit. Like basically wanting Vince is looking for guys that will main event WrestleMania. And so Vince is going back to his old hat of, I mean, what he's he like, I need somebody to slam a giant. Uh, give me earthquake. It was, it was, <laughs> <God damn> it. 
So I uh, need a celebrity in a boxing match. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's plenty of options, and he doesn't what? like he doesn't like short guys, like guys five ten or shorter. Um, and it's uh, he's missing the boat. He doesn't know what he's doing. So what I'm saying is, so if they're veering away from that, and like they still have Kashida as their cruiserweight champion, but if they're veering away from that. It would make plenty of sense to just get a cruiserweight title. People love cruiserweights. WCW, you still have that TNT tie. You have everything. Look, the stuff is there for it. And you have a, a big roster enough and younger, thinner guys that can compete for that title. And and you're also giving some guys more to do, um, which is which I think is important, where it's like you've got all this talent on TV. Like Matt Seidel is a good example. We don't see a lot of him. Um, when when we do see him, he kind of steals the show and he looks great. Uh, give him something to try for, you know. It, have him in this tournament. Have like raise the stakes. Do some pre tapes. Um, but yeah, again, we're we're diverting. Uh, really, Dominic, the focus of the six man tag to me was just Kenny Omega. Um, as great as Dante Martin was, as great as everybody in the match actually was, it was good. It was a good match, very entertaining. Um, Kenny Omega was just like stealing the show, dude, and just this. Uh, I, Again, best way to put it, casual greatness, where it's just like very unaffected, not nervous at all to be climbing in the ring. Like somebody took a swing at him. It looked like he didn't look. And he was just like batting it away and then attacking them. Like it was just unbelievably entertaining. Um, and I yeah. like it, though, too, if like he gets his like he gets punched or hit, he'll quickly bail out of the ring. Right. But then, but like, also, if somebody starts to get the upper hand, he, he looks like visibly frightened sometimes, which is like <laughs> really fun. Uh, like, dude, just just feeling the character. Uh, Dominic, I saw a little bit earlier, it was like Nesha and DJ were saying, uh, Marcus uh what, ne- <laughs> no, no, Nesha said <laughs> Kenny loses all the belts and then has a mental breakdown, and DJ agreed with that. Um, could be interesting. Uh, I hope it's not like Ric Flair mental breakdown at WCW. Yeah, and I hope it wouldn't be something to let's like, overly play comedic, where it like kind of uh, defines him down, where it's just like you can you can have fun with it for sure. But you thing don't is, like- I what I would do is like have it last for a week or maybe two weeks, where he just like shows up and he's wearing like a bathrobe, <laughs> and like he like comes down to the ring and that he like still gets a victory over somebody, but he's still just like dejected and like <laughs> walks back. Like I think that that would probably be the fun way to do it. Yeah, that would be kind of good. That'd be kind of good. No, Mark, I thought Dante Martin was great in that match. So, like, um, we, that that spot that you just mentioned about him, like, flipping over Kenny, that was, I mean, that crowd got hot for Dante. Like, they were wanting, and, like, you could have seen him practically win that match. Like, if they got over, like, that would have tore the house down if he pinned, like, one of the Young Bucks or something like that. Oh, like, yeah. That. So, uh, no, it was a great thing to think about and ha- have that in his cap for later on you know where it's just like hey this guy we, we remember what he did and he's only 20 years old you got all that stuff happening for him so um, he was very smooth very very, very smooth. smooth uh he's got some serious jumps ups whatever the kids call it now. hops yeah hops um, hops yeah i mean he the kid is really good so i'm excited to see uh what his future has in store and i hope that the, like he's not he's not a world title winner I don't see him ever competing for the world title. I don't ever see him competing for the TNT title. I do see him oh, keep really? competing. No, no, I just don't think that. I mean, at least not until he gets a little bit older, of course. Um, but like right now, easily competing for the cruiserweight title if there is one. Sure. 
Marcus, and a great way to make your own cruiserweight title unique is what Terry Funk recommended in his book was make the cruiserweight matches only be a one count. One count is all you need in a cruiserweight match. And that's, that's what decides it. You can make that so unique and tell new stories that way and make that division like, Hey man, this, it was this high flying. It's high speed. And one count on the mat is all it takes for you to get beat. I think that would be an awesome way to make your cruiserweight division, our hypothetical cruiserweight title division, uh, something to really stand out. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's start next up. How about uh, the main event of Dynamite? Jericho surviving his fourth labor against Wardlow. Uh, what did you think of this match and how it played out, Mark? They did it right. Uh, they did it the right way. You know, you don't want to bury Wardlow, but you do want to continue the storyline. So, uh, yeah, having having Wardlow just kick the crap out of Kenny that whole – or not Kenny, but uh, of Jericho that whole time mm-hmm. – uh, that that made the difference yeah 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 i thought it was uh i can hear my kid i'll be right back okay um as far as what i thought about it i really enjoyed the story that was told like um yeah you had wardlow not get pit pinned clean by jericho and wardlow was dominant like i mean how many power bombs did he hit guys was it like four four or five power bombs massive ones too and like so he had jericho's number I think that was a good aspect of the story to tell. And not only that, but you had the promo beforehand way at the beginning of the show where uh, MJF's biting the apple. And then he's like, don't fuck this one up like you did with Cody. And then uh, Orlo crushes the apple Danny Hodge style. Not quite Danny Hodge style, but almost. He, he crushed an apple at least. But anyways, you get to the point of, hey, uh, MJF became his own enemy in that match because – uh, he's the one that hopped on the apron, distracted the referee. That allowed Jericho to grab a hold of Floyd, smack Wardlow with it. It screwed Wardlow out of that match, and it screwed MJF himself. He screwed himself out of it. So uh, I thought it was a really great aspect to tell. Uh, Jericho was like, this is the fifth, uh, fourth labor. He's been beat up. He's been bloodied. He's been he's had to fight old rivals, everything like that, and now. Uh, so he, he was going to probably lose this match, but here, uh, MJF fucked himself over. So I like that aspect of the story. I thought that was really well done. Uh, Jericho touring kind of gives the match away. Um, yeah, I, maybe, uh, yeah, it could be. I, I think either way, like, even if, even if he does, if, even if he beats MJF, I don't think, uh. I think he could still go away and tour. And I don't think it would really hurt MJF if he lost to Jericho. I mean, this is a long going feud. And um, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, you could have MJF beat Jericho and just further build that heat of him being like, you never never pinned an AEW, everything like that. So that's a that's something that you want to keep in your back pocket, too, if you're uh, if you have a top heel like MJF. So I could definitely see that. Yep. Uh, Nesha, you think the same thing, too, with... Um, Jericho, the tour coming, he might be losing. Um, Steven, yeah, you mentioned too, um, AJ, AEW really does have enough talent to have both Cruiserweight and Cruiserweight Tag Division. Yeah, so now they're coming out with the trios title. I think that's going to happen. So I wouldn't necessarily do a Cruiserweight Tag titles. I think that's a lot of titles then. But if you added one more title into the mix, such as a Cruiserweight title that's different from the TNT, different from obviously the World Championship, 
And yeah, different from the women's championship. I think that just adds another element that you can mix in. And heck, if you're going to do another tag set of tag titles, why not make it a women's tag title instead of a cruiserweight tag? I think that you, if you add two more belts, and even that's kind of like, I don't know, because that's still a lot of belts. But like for each division, it kind of makes a little bit of sense, doesn't it? Um, so I wouldn't be against that necessarily. Uh, yeah, Nesha, you think the payoff has to be MJF winning. Uh, oh, what do I think of MJF stipulations for the match? I think it's kind of, um, uh, I think it's okay. The no Judas effect I liked. And I thought the nice touch was, Hey, you can't even play your theme music. So I do like it. Yeah. I like it. I think, um, it is. Cause I mean, Jericho, that's how he's won the matches was with Judas effect. So it, it makes perfect sense that MJF will be like, I'm taking that out of your pocket. If you're going to fight me. And then not only that, you're not going to get the, the heat and the energy of, the crowd chanting your name or ch singing your song. Well, that's going to happen anyways. People are going to sing it, with, even if the music's not playing. That's what they're setting it up for. And it's well done. Like, MJF's doing a real good job at promoting that, too, online, if you haven't looked. He's doing a real solid job. Uh, yeah, fans will sing it, no doubt about it. Uh, not enough TV time for a lot of belts. I agree with you, Nesha. I mean, but you can also uh, have these kind of matches, like, especially if you have a cruiserweight division, you could have a match a cruiserweight title match take place on a dark or on an elevation to kind of get that going but then you also switch them in and out like hey uh this week on rampage we're gonna have a cruiserweight title defense but like how cool would it be i mean i <laughs> i know we're just hypothesizing here and almost fantasy well basically fantasy booking but like like if you had like a may young classic kind of tournament like and had like these unexpected talents just show up, even if it's for one-offs in this cruiserweight, everybody wants his cruiserweight title, you know, one count. I want to beat this one count. It'd be pretty damn cool. Wouldn't it not? It'd be really awesome. So uh, I'm all for that. Uh, but as far as like, I'm curious, what do you guys think is going to happen with Wardlow coming up? Do you think he's going to be leaving Pinnacle soon? Or is this just a, another, like how they did months and months ago when he, uh, when MJF like challenged him basically to be like, you know, what are you going to do about it? Like he, he kind of yelled at Wardlow once and it got things got real intense. And then uh, I'm curious, are they just slow playing this even further? Like this is just another like moment that we keep in mind for later on when you, you make that face turn for Wardlow. I, I would almost say wait on that because um, I just think there's still plenty of traction to get him over as like a monster heel where he's just like kicking ass and always on the verge of like winning or he just dominates somebody. So, title run for Wardlow and leave Pinnacle, DJ. Yeah, I I mean, I hope that happens. I, that'll definitely happen, I will say. But I, I hope it happens further on down the road. I just love the slow build and slow storytelling to a lot of this stuff. Yeah, Wardlow versus Mero, that's interesting, too. Uh, that would be a really good way to change the titles, actually, is have Wardlow defeat a babyface Wardlow defeat a heel Mero after a, a good, great amount of time. It'd be pretty darn cool, I would think. Um yeah, let's see what else. Oh, I can talk about this since Marcus is still up there, since he wasn't there for it. So, I uh, not only was I there for the Rampage and obviously Dynamite, but beforehand they always have, you know, AW Dark tapings and AW Dark Elevation tapings before and after. They So they had a set of tapings before Dynamite of Dark, and then they had a set of tapings of Elevation after Dynamite, and then they just had a set of Dark tapings, I believe. Yeah, it was just Dark tapings before... Uh, rampage so and that was about like two hours worth of matches before that uh but hey we had some names show up holy smokes uh when they 
I saw, you know, uh, reddish hair in the ring uh, the first night, and it, it, here comes Akira Shida out. But who do they announce as their opponent? Akira Hogan. Now, I won't spoil it for you guys what happened if you guys want to keep that out of the loop about that. But uh, Kira Hogan wrestles Akira Shida. And um, so she's kind of, and they announced that too uh, on Twitter is that she's going to be facing, it's on an episode, it's on Elevation actually is what's going to happen. I think, yes, it is on Elevation. So uh, it should be pretty cool to see uh, her mix it up. Somebody from Impact Wrestling, now no longer with Impact, but now uh, trying to make her own as a free agent. She's kind of, uh, you know, showing what she can do on a different platform and stuff. So uh, it was really cool to see that. Uh, Pleasant surprise. And um, it got a lot of traction on social media, too. Uh, It really did. So uh, people like Kira Hogan. and uh, They're pretty. uh, Are you guys pretty excited for that? I think that would be pretty neat to see her get in the mix of that thing. Uh, Oh, Luke says dark elevation was better than dark this week in the Berg. Luke, were you there for that? uh were you are you from the pit oh yeah aren't you you're from uh you're from where were you kind of aren't you you're from like clearfield or something like that you're somewhere from there i think um anyways uh yeah so she was there and then on uh the friday night we happened to have um what was it oh lee morrity uh who's one of the best independent wrestlers going today he was on mlw and the battle riot He's going to be on MLW later on to it a little bit. Uh, he's got a great match coming up to an MLW. You got to look out for that once that starts kicking again. Uh, but he was there and he fought, hey, who we just talked about, Dante Martin. Holy crap. What a guy. Like, and uh, so really good moment for those two uh, to kind of show their abilities. And yeah, Lima already. Holy crap. Uh, I would be, if I was AW, I would be very much keeping tabs on Lee. Uh, very much so. Uh, oh, that's awesome, Luke. So you were at both shows. Um, yeah. So uh, he was there. Uh, and then we had some Mission Pro Wrestling uh, representation there. Not just Thunder Rosa, but we had uh, Masha Slamovich, who I think has got one of the best names in wrestling. Uh, she uh, came out and uh, she took on, oh my gosh, who did she take on? Was it? No, she fought a heel because she played the baby face. Who did she fight? Oh, Penelope Ford. She took on Penelope Ford. And uh, I won't tell you what happens, but um, Masha is great. Like, she's another uh, talent that has a unique personality, very heelish. She usually plays a heel and like brash and like everything like that. So she does a great job. So she was there. Hello. Uh, hello. Uh, she was there at the tapings as well. And then we had local Pittsburgh representation uh, from the IWC. Uh, and that's a. Uh, Big, big time Bill Collier. And then, um, oh my gosh, what's the other guy's name? Why am I blind? Oh, Palace, Andrew Palace, the world champion of, of IWC. Andrew Palace was there, as well as some other talents, too, uh, wrestled on the card, uh, both on Wednesday and on Friday. Uh, it was really cool to see uh, some local Pittsburgh talent like kind of take place and uh, get that moment on Dark and everything like that. So that'll be kind of neat to look forward to if, if you guys tune in Dark and everything like that. Um, yeah, Marcus, uh, uh, do you know anything too much about Kira Hogan or not really? Not really. I've heard the name a bunch, but don't know a ton about her. Okay. So, but she was a big name that appeared on, uh, on dark and elevation. She's in two matches. So, uh, Kira Hogan. Oh yeah. Uh, so Kira Hogan, I told them that, uh, she fought, um, Hikira Shida, but then she also fought, 
Um, oh my God, why am I blank right there? Oh, Chris Statlander in singles match. And that's a good match too. So uh, be on the lookout for those. Um, but yeah, any of those talents that, if you guys know who they are, uh, who would you like to see them sign the most out of those? But if you want to sound off on there. Um, let's see, Marcus. Oh, did you have anything else you wanted to say too about uh, the fourth labor with Jericho and everything like that? And leading up to um, what happened with uh, uh, what's going to happen next week when MJF removes the Judas effect and the Judas song. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of silly stakes to say, like, you can't come out to your music. It's like, it's, are we doing like a Hulk Hogan sort of thing where like the fans give Jericho power by singing at him? It doesn't really make any sense to me. But, uh, as far as the Judas effect, what's he got like eight finishers? Like, okay, take one of them. The story's been, how's he won every match so far? It's with the Judas effect. It makes perfect sense that MJF would be like, all right, you've been winning every match with this. I'm taking it away from you. And then it would just like salt to the wound. He could be like, I'm taking away your theme music too. How are you like that? And that's perfect because you know, people are still going to sing it. It's just like, that's what it's set up for is for them to sing it. So that's a good point. And it was something I hadn't considered that the crowd is still just going to sing his music. Yeah. Even if he doesn't come out to it. And MJF's leading into that so much on Twitter. He's like calling Houston, a bunch of idiots. Like they wouldn't be able to sing it anyways and stuff like that. So he's like, oh, so oh, yeah, he's, yeah. he's fishing for it. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. So that I get because it is fun to like have the crowd just do like an acapella version of his song. Uh, as far as the finisher, I, I I still can't co-sign it. He does a code breaker. He has the walls of Jericho. He used the walls and he didn't get a win out of it. That, it doesn't matter. Those are his finishes. Those were his finishes. He's won championships with those finishes as what's his face pointed out. Uh, Excalibur. So, like, it, to me, it's like taking away one of those finishes. It's like that would be like telling the Undertaker, like, all right, you can't do a choke slam. It's like he still has Hell's Gate. He still has a Tombstone Pile Driver. Still has a Last Ride. So it's like it'd probably be fine. Well, you know, as a heel too, uh, you can't always like out with the baby face. So, um, you know, Jericho can pull those out of the box still and still still try to get the win that way. Um, so did you see Jericho losing? Is that what's going to happen, you think? Yes, has to. Has to. It's the right thing to do. You know, Jericho's been – he's gone over strong here. You know, he's got, like, a bunch of big wins. Uh, Shivani also pointed out, you know, that it was against a bunch of different styles. And uh, he made it work against every style. So, hey, great. You know, Jericho came out of this looking great. Uh, but now it's time to put a young guy over. Now, does that mean he's not going to be at all out? What do you think about that? Uh – yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say he's going to be on commentary. you going to say he's going to be on commentary? Yeah. What's um, that mean for MJF then at all out? Good point. I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, maybe he'll be coming after the uh, Daniel Bryan and his newly won TNT championship. Okay, so you're saying Daniel Bryan wins the TNT championship. Well, that that's not going to happen, Marcus, How, uh, according to your prediction. because. Daniel Bryan would have – he's showing up after All Out. Oh, see, I thought that uh, they were going to that center – or to New York before that. No, no, that's after All Out. So next week hey. it's going to be the first dance where the, everybody's expecting Punk to be there. Hey, fair enough. I don't know. Uh, not sh- so when is Jericho and MJF happening? Next week on Dynamite. All right. I didn't realize it was coming up so fast. Right. I just assumed it was that All Out. No, no. Uh, that's what I thought. That's what everybody was thinking. So that's yeah. why it's kind of a surprise. Okay, they're doing it before uh, before All Out. 
I mean, why would you do that? Because it's it's going to be a big event. All Out is like this huge event, and this is like an angle. Major storylines that they've been playing throughout these past months. <laughs> yeah, this is an angle it has been building forever. Why Why do that? Oh, Dominic, I'm going to divert again real quick. Uh, Stephen Chambers said, uh, Tony's son didn't sell QT's cutter. My thoughts exactly. <laughs> he, like, he took the cutter, and then it's like it looked like two minutes later, he was like on his feet like, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> hey, I'm fine. Well, uh, QT is a trainer. He has that track record of not being able to win, so maybe it makes sense. <laughs> and it's just Tony Giovanni's son. It's like the announcer's son. Hey, fine. He's all right. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess we can, let's talk about that next. Uh, Big Show or Paul White uh, getting physical uh, in this angle. Uh, are we seeing Paul White versus QT Marshall at all out? Or are we seeing it beforehand? Yeah, I'll tell you, Paul White uh, getting physical on national TV is never a bad thing for your product. So that I, I think that that's good. Um, yeah, he's probably going to wind up with QT. Um, and there's no way QT wins that. No. So, I mean, like, it, and I'm not talking about, like, you know, from the standpoint of, like, storyline. I'm talking, like, uh, I, I'm not saying, like, like I'm a mark. Like, there's no way he's going to he's gonna beat the Giant. He's too big. Uh, I'm saying, like, no, like, from a storyline, like, a, a business standpoint, it doesn't make any sense to put QT over against Paul White, no. right? Like you've got this guy, you've you've spent all this money on him. He's been announcing he's coming in as this massive baby face. You're just going to beat him with a trainer, no? Yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. No. Yeah, uh, so uh, yeah, now, I see heat though. I see heat in like Paul White beating uh, QT clean as a sheet, and then like th- that feud cultivates into Paul White and Nick Camarado. And that's what it should be, you know, if you want to get some of these young guys over. So, you know, a guy like QT should do the job, but then Nick Camarado maybe comes after him and maybe Nick Camarado gets a win. Yeah, something like that. Even if it's underhanded, he still gets the win off the big show, you know. I think sure. Still play off. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, who should really be going over against somebody like the big show would be like Lance Archer, somebody like that, you know, a good way to get him over. That Well, I mean, with that, though, like you're if you're positioning Lance Archer as a baby face, um, wouldn't make sense for him to be the that nah, is he a baby face? I don't know what the fuck he is. He's, uh, yeah, I think he's a baby face. Yeah, I, I there was an episode, there was a match on Dark that he took place and he was hot. Like the crowd was pretty into Lance Archer. Like, uh, so I think he's a baby face. Um, uh, yeah. Any other thoughts you want to give on that uh, instant? Like, if you okay, uh, if you were Tony Schiavone in that <laughs> whole situation, would you handle it the same way from a storyline standpoint? If you that was your son. Uh, I think I think Shivani did fine. You know, like what's he gonna do? Like try to fight these guys? There's no, no not way. Try to fight them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so no, I, I thought I thought Shivani did fine. He had a good reaction. You yeah. know, whenever they uh, they attacked his kid. You know, so yeah, no, I, I thought Shivani did a great job. Now, if it was me, they had a hold of me. The the night uh, the 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 factory. I was I was in their clutches, and they're like, "You got to apologize to me, Marcus." That's what QT's saying to you. And I'm I'm helpless right now. They got they got you're being my, you're being held back. Python's pinned back to me. I can't yeah. I can't handle all that that, that meant. So uh, what would you do in that situation? I, I would walk up and punch you in the stomach. They wouldn't even <laughs> ask you. <laughs> you're let me up. Okay. Yeah, be like, hang on. Mm. Oh. <laughs> yeah, um, and then I'd give you a, a cutter that you'd have to sell. Well, no, my dad lock in the Texas Cloverleaf. You'd tap out. Well, I, you, I, you have a you have a history of doing that. 
No, well, you know, it wouldn't happen again. I couldn't have that happen. <laughs> uh-huh. And my, I, I do leg day now, so you don't, you can't do that. You can't get me. Uh, um, we're going to have to record us going at it uh, in a fight. And I, I would be willing to guarantee I would lock you in the Texas Cloverleaf at some point. You couldn't get me. Not anymore, Mark. Tom, I, got, I got my patented hand jabs. You're done. No, dude, you would, uh, you would be fucked. Weak. That's your weakness. Your Achilles heels. Those hands. Dominic, don't make me prove you wrong. I will do it. <laughs> I'm explosive like dynamite. <laughs> All right, let's hammer on. We're going mm-hmm. off the rails. Um, N- Nesha knows what's up. She's saying tap, Dom. Tap, Dom. No, I won't, Nesha. <laughs> I can't do it. Steven says Archer's better out of the heel, not really murder hawk monster. I uh, agree. I, I mean, he's he's flipping back and forth a little bit too often for my taste. Uh, uh, Jake the Snake, his mouthpiece, which he barely uses anymore, uh, he's better as a heel. So I don't I don't know what the story is, dude. Um, and it makes me not like Lance Archer. I want to like him, but like the fact that I can't put a finger on him, I don't know what he is. Is he babyface? Is he heel? Is he a big scary monster? Is he a big lovable goof? I don't know. Not but... a big lovable, lovable goof. He's an ass kicking mo- like babyface monster that you want on your side. That's what he's. It's it's, it's it's stupid booking. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's doing. I think now they're on the right track. Like if they kept going back and forth with it, I'd be with you. Look, but, if you got a big old scary dude, uh, he needs to be a heel. You got a lot of big scary dudes there. You got Miro. I mean, you got it, and he's and he's a heel. Heel. He's a heel. So you don't need another heel like that. Why not? That's what that's what you need for heels. It right, creates stakes. It you creates stakes, Dominic. Well, you have stakes with Miro. You have stakes. You can make stakes with Nick Camarado. We need more stakes. We got it. We got a big old roster to fill. Well, you got you, you can make stakes without having a baby face monster come and help out a, another baby face. Mm, get out of here. No, you get, get out, out of here. here. I disagree strongly. Yeah, I disagree with just you in general. Dom uh, DJ is asking, what did you guys think of Fuego finally getting signed with Guevara, giving him the contract? So, uh, to put ahead. it yeah. to put it kindly, I didn't give a fuck. Uh, it just didn't really make any difference well, to me. I, I know that Fuego del Sol has been trying to get a contract for a while, and you know he's been like working his butt off, and like it's awesome. But uh, you know this, they they aren't giving enough uh, us enough. Re- like this is just coming out of nowhere. It's just like, hey, by the way, next week this guy gets a contract if he wins. It's like I barely know who that guy is, so I really don't care. Yeah, that's kind of the. I mean, I I'm happy for Fuego, and I you know um, it sounds Absolutely. like I'm I'm happy for anybody getting paid. Good for him. I want him to make money. I want everybody to make money. I want Marco Stunt to make money, even though I like trash him on this sometimes. Like everybody should make all the money. I'm happy for everybody, but like I, they, the company is failing them. They're not giving me a reason to care. Right. Well, that's the thing too. Is like I'm. I know who Fuego del Sol is, and I've seen him in little spurts here. But if somebody doesn't watch a dark or a dark elevation, we don't know the whole build and the whole backstory to Fuego. Like I had, I mean. I didn't know like that him and Sammy were best friends. Like I didn't even was aware of that. Because, yeah, like why aren't they telling us that ahead of time? Yeah, we figured that out. Like a lot of audiences is just figuring that out now. So it's just like, um, not to say I wasn't happy for him, and not to say that he like how they played that match too. I liked it. I liked how they played it off where he like hits Miro quickly with a tornado before the bell even rings. Miro gets up. He's like, I'm good. I'm good. Like still woozy and stuff. He hits another one. He's hoping to get the 10 count on Miro. He almost gets it. Miro gets back in, gets another one on Miro kicks out. And then you have just Miro squashing the rest of the time. I thought now it was look, a good way to execute. Here's, here's a way to make me care about Fuego Dustful. Start tag teaming him with Sammy Guevara. Yeah. 
Yeah. Let, let, okay, they're best friends. Let's see what they got. Like, put them in the put them in the ring against people. Maybe even against, uh, you know, like let's start against Private Party. Maybe move on to the Young Bucks eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, like let's see what they got. But like, you know, as of right now, it's like you said. I didn't even know he had a relationship with Sammy Guevara. So Sammy comes out with a contract. You know, like what 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 is he doing here? Why does he care if this guy gets signed? Yeah. You know, so it's just I don't know. It's it just really good storytelling throughout most of Dynamite and Rampage. But that was one place where it was just like, what are we doing here? What what happened? Like, how do we get from A to B here? Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, yeah, some of the people were on the ride for it and. Hit- like you listen to the crowd, people were hot for Fuego. Like a lot of the people were in tune with what was going on apparently with them. But there's that audience that that isn't in tune with it and that don't know what's going on. So yeah, DJ DJ is pointing out it's on Guevara's YouTube vlogs. Yeah, on his I've vlog. I've never watched one. Of, I love AEW. I've never watched one of those vlogs, not one. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, that's kind of been an ongoing issue. You know, with some of this stuff is they'll they'll now like how they package them. Like they gave Fuego a little bit of a moment beforehand, so that you got a little bit familiar with them, but it's kind of not enough. Like you know? post clips from Sammy's vlog on mm-hmm. on uh, AEW. Like let us see that because not only would it give his vlog the rub then on national television, where it's like I gotta see what this dude is doing on his vlog. I didn't even know he had one. Yeah. Uh, not only is it doing that, but then it's also furthering the storyline. Further up the storyline a little bit more. Yeah. Um, speaking of a storyline that hasn't really gotten further and it kind of makes more sense now hangman his story's on hold apparently because due to like being a father coming up like he's his wife's pregnant and it kind of makes a whole lot more sense like we i knew like you know his his uh wife was pregnant at this point but like it kind of makes a little bit more sense why he's going away so how how do you think overall then now considering all that is that a little bit more uh okay with how they've been handling hangman He's yeah, you know, it's uh, the, that certainly paints it in a different picture. Um, it, it's it's still a bummer because you know, Hangman was like, I mean, he was starting to get absolutely red, red hot, mm-hmm. um, on the verge of white hot as far as like the way the crowd was reacting every single time he would come out. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it, the timing is is not great as far as his career is concerned but i'm unbelievably happy for him you know as, as a new dad myself i can say that it's it's one of the best experiences you'll have in your life so uh good for him i'm i'm happy for him yeah you know and like yeah i mean like if it makes sense too because like if you want to get hangman over as one of the next you know one of your top guys like one of your main inventors here and like have him have that moment um like if he wins the title and then his baby's born or you know anything like that like it's it's gonna be. It would be tough for him to enjoy that one of a time, once in a lifetime moment with your your child, like your newborn baby, and like be the defending world champion for that amount of time, for an extended period of time. So it does make make sense at this point in time. So yeah, no, I'm happy for him too. And you know, a lot of a lot of people say that uh, Hangman, uh, and I think I've heard Jim Ross say this. Hangman reminds him of, uh, uh, damn, what's his name, Barry Windham. Yeah. Um, and I can see that. But more than that, I'm starting to see a little Magnum TA in him where it's just like this good looking dude, red hot, like everybody in the territory loves him. Top of his game. You know, so uh, I th- it, it feels like we're getting a mulligan with Magnum TA. We get to see maybe what could have been, you know, with Hangman Page. That's an interesting take on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. Um, let's see. Sting next week. He's going to be on action in TNT for the very first time in over 20 years. Tagging with Darby Allen against 2.0. Uh, G-Dom, who goes over? 
<laughs> you know, you got me. <laughs> I'm curious if 2.0's kind of on that uh, Mac Cardona kind of ride right now because they were just released by WWE. Um, they haven't announced that they're all elite or anything like that. I'm kind of curious if they're just there kind of like to do this little angle and maybe uh, they'll cir- they can circle back around at another point or what's going to... Well, you saw what happened with the Varsity out. Blondes. We all thought that the Varsity Blondes were signed and then it's like a month ago they were like, hey, guess what? We signed the Varsity Blondes. And it's like, uh, I've been seeing them on TV for like a year. <laughs> I, th- I thought you already signed them. Uh, so they might be on one in one of those situations. Yeah, they could be. And, you know, that they're would be valuable to have because they even had I you weren't familiar with them as Averize at all but they had like their own YouTube show that they would do you know that was associated with NXT but they would do like a 10 minute video and stuff like that so I mean if AEW is looking for more content and characters like that you know uh they fit a very good role in that regard like they can they can play those kind of like guys that like get the heat and uh you know are, are humorous and entertaining to get into and then like they get their asses kicked or something like that you know it's it's not a bad role to be in at all honestly you know even dom steven chambers not a fan of the the name there 2.0 2. 2. uh what what's uh what's the tag team with like they look like they're always at a rave with like the glowy outfits. oh uh th2 yeah come not on now with with these little names the uh, 2.0 a lot of two. yeah not a fan of that mm. uh do they have glow sticks i feel like they do they don't have glow sticks. Are you sure? No. They've but never come to the ring with glow sticks? Is it TH2? No, they haven't. I, mean, I don't think. Maybe. I, don't know. I have no idea. They just look like they should be at a rave, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Marcus, yeah. We got Joey Janela now as a heel with Sunny Kiss. Turn on Sunny Kiss. What do you think of all that? It blew me right out of my chair, Dom. I, I don't. It, they haven't given me a reason to care, have they? Have, have you? You know, I like Sunny Kiss. Uh, I think Joey Janela is a good seller. Uh, sometimes, sometimes he's not great. Uh, like when he fell back and all four <laughs> limbs were sticking straight like up in the air. Raccoon. Right. We did, like a, like I saw a groundhog get hit by a vehicle once, and that's what it did. It just like all of its limbs just stuck right up in the air. Um, but why do I care? When was the last time I saw Sunny Kiss on national television? So it's just like, hey, remember Sunny Kiss from two years ago when he was on national TV? He, yeah, like, it, here's what happened. It, that's the thing is, and they started that off too. Like they had uh, vignettes with uh, him and uh, Joey. Like Joey was on a losing streak, and Sunny Kiss pulls up in a car, and they become a tag team. Like if they furthered that more and more, like and not just on YouTube or anything like that, but if they had little segments like that, you could have really got behind them more as like a baby face tag team that you know and hey look, I think, well sonny got hurt too that's yeah i think she i think he got hurt i think he got and hurt. hey look if it's a if it's a dark storyline if they've been doing it on dark or elevation and doing the storyline then just do it there why tell us about it on when i'm tuning into dynamite they haven't like i said they haven't given me a reason to care at all it's like uh i sort of forgot they were a tag team and they're like hey you remember that tag team you forgot about they just broke up and it's like why do i care about this <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully they'll make something more out of it. I really see Sunny Kiss as a, a big single star for them, you know, if they if they put, uh, you know, the build around him more and more, like, over the course of time. Just uh, I think he's a unique talent, and um, I think it, somebody the crowd can really get behind. 
Dom, um, Luke, Luke down here makes a good point. You know, uh, the 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 good doctors from Punxsutawney. Why are they saying she's from Pittsburgh? Low key heat from me. Well, I you know she lives. I think you know they're not going to have shows in Punxsutawney. No, and that's really what it is too. Like, and like you know she she lives in Pittsburgh. Like she's she's probably lived in Pittsburgh a good chunk of the time. You know, so. You, know, you and I are both from Ridgeway, Pennsylvania, and uh, if I was a pro wrestler, I'd probably just be like, just tell him I'm from Pittsburgh, just because well, we it's like... We did say that. Wouldn't we say that? Or like Erie, we would say? <laughs> yeah, basically, like, yeah, because nobody knows where we, nobody where knows we grew up, that. so if somebody would ask me where, I'd be like, you know where Dubois is? And if they said no, I'd be like, you know where Erie is? Yeah. <laughs> be like, it's it's southeast of that. We're two and a half hours away from Erie. Um. Yeah, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh... You know, Mark, is there anything else you want to cover? I think we covered it pretty. No, I, I think we kind of we played the hits this week, Dom. You know, we, we discussed the all the big stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, oh, wait, AEW needs to make a storyline with Statlander and Orange Cassidy as a wrestling couple. But uh, I think that that could play into something that you and I talked about last week, Dominic, where I would not hate the idea of uh, mixed gender tag titles. See, now that wouldn't be bad. Now, you were upstairs when um i want to say it was steven brought it up was the the cruiser he a set of cruiserweight tag titles i was and i was like because you almost like if you have a men's tag team titles it would make sense to have women's tag team titles but yeah so then like an intergender tag team title would be cool but then like that's a lot of titles still so it's like um because there's talks of the trios tag titles and that makes sense too from how many trios they have so I mean, like there's and there's only so much TV time too. So, so it's like, what is is every match going to be a title match? Because right. if, don't if want you that. introduce enough titles, it's, it could turn into an issue. You don't want you that. know, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. They it, it can be done, I think, but I think it needs to be done artfully. You know, like maybe mm-hmm. say like, hey, so this mixed tag team title thing, it's only ever going to be defended on dark, or it's mm-hmm. only ever going to be defended on rampage. You know, yeah. See, that wouldn't be bad because that would give people an incentive to tune into to those. But um, yeah, man. Uh, I think uh, yeah, you got to be careful with you got. I think they could introduce like one more singles title and like the trios title, and then maybe a women's tag, but then leave it at that. Like that's it, because uh, you have enough of a roster that you can make those mean something. Ooh. Uh, this this Orange Cassidy talk is reminding me of one more thing I wanted to talk about. Okay, Dominic, I, I know you love Orange Cassidy. Uh, what were your thoughts on Orange Cassidy taking Matt Hardy's hand and putting it into his own pocket while Matt Hardy stood there helplessly with his other hand completely free, where he could strike a strike down Orange Cassidy? What were your thoughts? Um, maybe Matt was just too focused on that one hand going into his pocket, and he did not like it, and he just he did not even think of his other hand. You know, too focused on the moment. Did not want that hand to be in the pocket. So, like, and, if you're walking well, from Starbucks. Here, here's another thing we got to look at, Marcus. What What is Matt Hardy's dominant hand? Is, is he right-handed? Is he left-handed? Uh, Dominic, have you never thrown a punch with your – I know you're left-handed. Have you never thrown a punch with your right hand? Uh, you know, sometimes I, I know I'd have more – I have more confidence in my left than I would my right. So – 
if you were walking from Starbucks, you just got a coffee uh-huh. and it's in your dominant hand, your left hand, and you're you're drinking it and you stumble over something, which you do a lot while you're walking. Oh, yes. uh, you stumble over something. Would you be too focused on the coffee in your hand to put out a hand to keep yourself from face planting on the sidewalk, Dominic? No, I think instincts would kick in. But huh? I think instincts would kick in. I think so too, Dom. And I think that those same instincts would kick in if somebody was trying to put your hand into their pocket. We'd be like, get the fuck off of me. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Uh, yeah, no, I was okay with the match, though. Like, I was fine. I liked, you know. I, I got very tuned out. It was like it was like Fonzie jumping the shark on Happy Days, Dom, oh, where I'm okay. just like shutting this off. Don't care you about didn't it. You shut it off, though, did you? I didn't shut it off, uh, but let me say, uh, my phone became very interesting at that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if I, uh, like, I just, I really, yeah, I think Warchat is great. He's not going anywhere if he doesn't start to change up the gimmick. Uh, yeah, I, Treading I water. Think, I think the moment, what it always, and I keep saying this, the moment it always builds to is him showing when he cares and stuff like that. He, when when it matters is when he cares. And like, I think it's, I think they're doing all right with that. Like, you know, I, and you, I wouldn't, you know, don't get him too much in lower card feuds either. Is, is the other issue. Keep him in the hot, like feud that has, that has stakes to it, I think is what's key with him. You can kind of like now. Yeah. Obviously you want to have some development here and there, but you don't want to lose what makes Orange Cassidy special either. I think we just need to see more, and I think that a possibility would be something like focusing him into like mixed gender tag team wrestling. Uh, I'm because like look the 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 cow has been milked pretty well at this point, and I think that that udder is about to go dry. I don't think so. I think he's still pretty darn hot, Marcus. Uh, maybe, but compared to some of the talent that they're looking at bringing in, um, I think he's going to get super lost in the shuffle. I don't think so. I. I think they could. Uh, I disagree. Where this guy's stuffing other dudes' hands into his pocket as like a high spot. I don't know, Mark. I think there's always a place to find a place for Warren Cassie on there. He's like he's one of their established stars. Oh, here's a question too. Before we leave, out of their quote unquote homegrown talent, like who do you think has been elevated the best? Would you say Britt Baker? Now these are your options. Would you say Britt Baker? Would you say Orange Cassie? Would you say MJF? Would you say Darby Allen? Um, trying to think if there's one more. Let's go with those four. Out of those four, who is their best homegrown talent right at this moment? I think uh, you can make the argument that it's Britt Baker because mm-hmm. um, she's just she's super over. And, uh, I mean, you, you kind of see her everywhere, hear about her everywhere. Um, Nesha doesn't feel that Britt was homegrown because wasn't she in developmental with WWE? I think she's pretty darn homegrown in this regard. Like, I mean, if you think about it, basically nobody's homegrown. You know, most of these people. Well, yeah, that's like Orange Cassidy's not. You know, Orange Cassidy was like super. You know, I guess with MJF. MJF was like MLW and. I guess I guess the point you're trying to make though is like basically the people who really made a name for themselves with AEW, which one? And with Britt especially, I think she's you can really consider her homegrown a lot of the ways because she started off as a baby face and it was pretty flat. And then, you know, once she turned heel in AEW and found her rhythm of like who she is and everything like that, she caught fire. 
Like so, uh, I, w- I would have to say Britt Baker. I think that she's. Uh, she's oh, Jungle really Boy hard. was the other one too. So. Yeah, she's worked really hard to get herself over, and uh, yeah, I, th- I I think that she's positioned herself probably the best out of anybody. Now that being said, you know Darby Allen is walking out there with Sting every week, so he's doing okay. Right. He's doing darn good too. And MJF too. Geez, he's undefeated, like no pins. Now he's that that like beat as wins. Over. Yeah, he's always in big angles, so it, it's it's one of those three certainly, but probably Britt Baker. It's a toss up. And, like, I think you can really make a case for Orange Cassidy, too. You really could, honestly. Disagree. Well, that's because you're just not feeling it. But everybody else is he, feeling it, Mark. He was – you could have made that argument back when he was dumping orange juice on Chris Jericho a while back. But since yeah. then, since then, he's just gone flat. He gets, he, gets a, he gets a huge pop, Marcus. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. Nesha is a big fan of orange Yes. Um. And look, I, I I don't like hate him or anything, but like I'm I'm just like I'm getting sick of this shtick. I'm getting sick of your stick. How's that sound? <sighs> Tell you what, you know, that 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 Texas cloverleaf sounded pretty good right now. You know what? You're all bluff and no stuff. Oh come on now. Mm-hmm. How do they follow your punk ass on Twitter? You can follow me on the Twitter at Marcus P. D'Angelo. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at Two Dynamite Dudes. That's the number two Dynamite Dudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dominic, did you ever put out an announcement about WCW? Re-Rate? I did not. Uh, I did not. So, Marcus, why don't you make this announcement here? Uh, it's nothing like the. We'll just go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, uh, in a nutshell, uh, I've been I've been given a pretty big opportunity, and uh, it's uh, I'm just trying to maintain focus on that opportunity. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you can see what that opportunity was uh, because I was actually tagged in a post about it. Uh, but yeah, it's it was it, you know I've been I've been given a really big opportunity. I want to do my best with it, so my focus has shifted a little bit. That doesn't mean that we're never going to return to WCW rewritten. But uh, as of right now, we are on hiatus. Season, the season is on. Yeah, we're on a season hiatus. Yeah, like this is the end of season one, all right? So season two is coming up, uh, but it's like Rick and Morty, man. You don't don't know when the next season's coming, but it's coming. Oh, hey, let's let Luke get his shit in here. He said, Luke96, great name, by the way. Sweet name. And Grid Ring on Twitter. Grid, yeah, Grid Iron Ring on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe. Yeah, do it. See, I'm I'm all. If you guys ever want to promote your shit, go ahead. If now, if I see like it's spam or anything like that, like uh, somebody we don't know or whatever, well, we won't promote it. But if we know you, hell, I'm more than happy to get you over on here. So, yeah. So Steven said it perfectly, Dominic. We're going into hibernation at WCW. Hibernating. Yes, we're hibernating. That's right. Uh, but. But like I, I love doing it, uh, and it was fun doing the storylines and coming up with things week to week. Uh, so I'm, I'm not saying it's over. I'm just saying it's over for now. Over for now, and uh, once we get back to it, we'll give a good recap on everything and get people caught up and up to snuff on there. So, uh, no, I love being a part of it and listening to it, and uh, gets me excited every time. We'll like Marcus because I, I go in there blind. And Marcus basically just tells me, so it's fun to. It builds the anticipation for it. So yeah, I've, I mean, I've never told Dominic what's going to happen before an episode of rewritten. So he's learning right along with everybody. Right along with um, you. Yeah, I mean, it's I love doing it. Love doing the writing. I just simply do not have the time right now. You know, but between my regular day job, this major opportunity that I've just been given, uh, and uh, keeping up with this podcast, uh, I'm a busy boy. 
Yeah, just, just a lot of plate spinning happening. Uh, not to mention, I had a, I've got a baby. Got a wife. Cow. Yeah, mm-hmm. so those are the two most important. So there you go. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. You can follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. You can, hey, do this. Uh, we have a new uh, subscribe to just uh, not only subscribe to the WrestleZone uh, podcast feed, which you just type in WrestleZone on your podcast feed of choice. It should pop up. But type in two Dynamite Dudes on your podcast feed, specifically probably two Dynamite Dudes with Attitude. Obviously, I'm going to change it with two Dynamite Dudes on a Rampage. Uh, but that we it's its own separate feed. Write a review for us on iTunes uh, or whatever platform you can maybe do that on. Uh, but, yeah, give us some props and a little bit of buzz happening so we get more word out about our Dynamite show, AEW show. So um, Yes, please. Yep, we want to be car talk of AEW here, the fucking Tapper Brothers here. So uh, parent life is a busy thing, Nesha says. Marcus, you can agree with that, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Very, very busy. Uh, so, you know, we still like to make time for pro wrestling. You know, this is our passion. So, uh, you'll see, you'll see me here every week still. I'm not going away from this. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So you're, you're stuck with them guys. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> Come on. I, I bring, I'm, I'm like the light of this podcast. Mm, the light. So you're like, uh, you're the Cody Rhodes and I'm the Malachi Black. That's what you're saying. Hmm. No, I'm just gonna black. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm. Yeah. You might have the Texas cloverleaf. I got the fucking black mask. I'm just gonna boom. Right across, gonna the jaw. Head. right across the jaw. I don't think you could do it. I do DDPY. So, <laughs> Dave, fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Hey, you know what? We'll see you next week. How's that sound? All right, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate uh, all the comments and you guys joining us week after week. It's really fun talking to you guys. We try to get in uh, all of your questions or, or answers or, you know, at least at the very least, you know, create a discussion between all of us. Um, so, uh, yeah, week to week, we'll, we'll continue it. And, you know, we'll look forward to, to talking to you guys next week. We'll keep you guys rolling. All right. So, Adios. All right. Two Dynamite Dudes on a rampage, baby. <laughs> Bye. Bye.